What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Ladies welcome and gentlemen, to welcome to Gentrify. How is everybody doing tonight? Woo! All right, all right, good. Everybody's woo. That's great news. Uh, I hope you guys are recovering after the Republican National Convention. Uh, I barely am. Yeah, I got a real RNC hangover. That was fucked up. The whole thing was fucked up. I'm not sure. It's weird because it is like a hangover. I don't know what to think. I'm not sure what exactly happened. Sure. Sure. I but you know done you feel, any research. You know you feel bad. And it was maybe well, because you did something wrong. I feel partially <laughs> responsible for the RNC, honestly. Is that right? Yeah, I'm sort of like, I'm sort of like, what? I mean, certainly there's an economies of scale thing happening where I'm not the only person at fault. But I'm like, certainly I could have done more to prevent I'm not what sure I that's saw fair. last night. What was that? I'm not sure that's fair. I think if you really look at the situation, it's probably mostly your fault. Oh, wow, it's more than I think. No, I think all of it is your fault. Okay, wow, that's, okay, that's cool. Uh, thank you. Well, I did write that speech that was plagiarizing Michelle Obama. I apologize for that. I'm not sure you did write it. It's just First a great all. speech. <laughs> well, I didn't write it. I copied and pasted it, obviously. Well, you did um, a great job at that. Thank you. Thank you. I'm great with my command C's and V's. Uh, guys, this is Gentrify. We do this show every single Friday night at 10.30 p.m. Every Friday. Uh, by round of applause, who is at the UCB Theater for the first time tonight? Okay. That's right. Good. Good. You raised your hand and then you clapped. You got it. You got it. You're on board. That's cool. That's cool. Welcome. We have a uh, zero percent uh, audience retention rate. So Nobody it's great comes to back. See, great to see all these fresh faces. And for those of you who are new, all of you, be prepared to be uh, alienated, I guess, probably. Uh, oh, I wouldn't say with that. The show. I wouldn't say that. You guys, you're going to love this show. It's just you're going to go back to wherever you're from. Who's here from out of town tonight? Okay. Got this it. dude? Where's this dude from? D.C. D.C. Excellent. Welcome. Welcome. District what? of Canada. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what are you doing here? Trying to fix Washington here? Okay, wow. Start. No, you uh, got to be an outsider, right? Yeah, you got to see it from Can't a perspective. Can't do it from the inside. It's too hard. Cool. Are you? You're trying to fix Washington in Washington. No, I'm. That's cool. You're allowed. I mean, you're allowed to say that. <laughs> be ambitious, man. That's awesome. You're allowed to say it, and also, just like you said it, you're also not allowed to be proud of it. Yeah. Uh, he's like, I'm trying to fix Washington. I'm actually a student. I like to think he's like, I'm trying to fix Washington's like subpar uh, cocktail bar scene. Uh, I'm trying to fix Washington by bringing in some like, you know, farm to table shit. Uh, teach him how, teach him DC how to make a good Negroni. A great pickle. Nobody knows how to is do Is what that city really needs. Very nice subways. Excellent work, sir. <laughs> we just gave him credit for the, all the positivity in Washington, D.C. No, you earned it, bro. You earned it. What are you, a sophomore? No, a senior. A senior? Yeah. All right, you didn't... <laughs> what? Sophomore? I just made it. What are you, a sophomore? <laughs> what? Are you... <laughs> I mean, that's typically... So, sophomore, I don't know if you know, it comes from the Greek. Yeah, I know. Everyone knows what sophomore means. Is that right? Does everybody know what sophomore means? Yeah, the Greek. The Greek. Alden, so, go ahead and tell them what it means. Okay, got a lot it's, of notes. the root for, of sophomore is uh, from sophos, which means uh, sophisticated, smart, intelligent, uh, right. educated. All right. And more, which uh, is the root of the word moron. 
So it's sort of, so, so, so if you're a sophomore, it's like the more you know, the more you know you don't know. And, and now it sounds like I was know? trying to be insulting to this nice gentleman that's trying to change uh, DC. But the reality is that I was not trying to be insulting, but at the same time, you do have that youthful spirit. Exuberance. That, that yeah. Elon. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Elon? Elon. Yeah, nice. that's a, good. Thank you. Thank you. I learned That's that from word. the Greek Elon uh, Muskus, All right. which uh, <laughs> we need to back translates up. into. We need to reset. So, who else is here from out of town tonight? Anybody else? Okay, yeah. cool. Is there? <laughs> quiet. From the mouse capital of the world, the uh, quiet, the quiet state. Uh, who said woo? Where, where is it? Where are you from, woo? California. Yeah. California. What are you doing here? Are you also here to fix Washington? Because it's not going to work. Where are you, what are you doing here? Uh, interning. Hey, cool. cool. What, are you, what are you intern at? Oh. Oh, wow. Wow. That's a sweet gig. That's a sweet gig. Do you like... So uh, nice of your parents to pick up that flight. <laughs> wow. Presumptuous. Maybe. Maybe. I'm... I, Listen, this is what's, I'm going to take a lot of hot takes tonight. Yeah. I feel it. Johnny's hot takes. Johnny's hot takes. I'm, I'm tossing out what year you're in college, any other college student. Yeah, and what your parents, what involvement your parents also, have in your financial lifestyle. All night long. Johnny's hot takes. Buckle up. Now, what does that entail, though, Whitney? Do you, like, polish frames, or do you, are you, are you writing up, are you, like, a, like a, what do you do? Oh, artist talks, great. That's, yeah. That's, uh, that's hard to make fun of. That's oh pretty cool. <laughs> pretty cool. Yeah, keep, keep it together, everybody. That's a, that's a normal thing that we can all make internship stuff doing. Not money, but we can Certainly all... Certainly not. We can, all atta- we can all get college credit. It's pretty easy for us to stand up here and make fun of someone who does something not for money right. when that's literally what Guys. you're watching us do right now. <laughs> And we're adults. We're like straight up adults. We're going to get probably two drinks. Maybe not. It depends on yeah. who's tending bar. Sure. Probably sure. We have to tip them, certainly, because why wouldn't you? No, you have to. That's part uh, of it. So, yeah. Uh, guys. It's a social uh, contract. The, uh, can I just say, uh, we, I mean, we, we're not so different, you and I. We put on some artist talks. <laughs> we have curated a really special... Uh, four artists tonight that you're going to see. Uh, we have a great lineup tonight. You guys excited <laughs> to hear us on the show? Great. Clap yes, the indeed. People, ladies and we gentlemen. Have Nato Green is here doing stand-up. Nato Green. Allison Levy is here doing stand-up as well. Give it up for Allison. Give it up. Oh, my God. Super stoked. Let's welcome out our, ne- our first guest. Our very first guest. Our very next guest, which happens to be our first guest. This guy uh, is uh, also a great friend of the show. I mean, great we're, we're friend friendly of the show. people. What can I say? Guys, this is a great friend of the show. Please put your hands together for a good friend, Alan Straczynski. <laughs> so, no, no, keep the lights on. I'm going I'm to vamp real quick. So, I'm going to do some uh, characters up here for you guys. These are uh, these are not me. I'm not going to be me in a second. I'm going to be different characters, and I want you to uh, to laugh. Do me a favor. Laugh at the things that you think that are funny, and don't laugh at the things that you don't think that are funny. 
Can you guys do that for me? Yeah. Great. Thank you.
ever a spider can. <laughs> that means every year while you are sleeping, eight Spider-Men crawl into your mouth. <laughs> Starzynski is great. What a good and non-judgmental friend Alan Starzynski is of me, his friend, Alden Ford. Friends forever, guys. Um, who's seen the Ghostbusters movie? Anybody? Has anybody? Oh, oh. are you an angry anti-Ghostbusters man? Oh, you saw it alone. Wait, hold on. I, we need a recap of just of what just happened. Somebody, some guy yelled, no. And then you said, I saw it alone. I think the only logical conclusion is that he refused to go with her. But, no, that, Ooh, that sounds accurate. I that think we, I think we may have heard some you feelings. You should go with her. You should go with her. Okay. Oh. Oh, that was a no spoilers no. Did you think we were going to spoil the end of the movie? Uh, they bust him. It turns out, it turns out they bust him ghosts. I don't want to. I don't want to be the guy who tells you this, but they <laughs> bust the shit out of those ghosts. It turns out they are a little bit afraid of those ghosts, but they still are able to bust them in the end. Yeah. The bit Alan just did was the last scene of that movie. Actually, that was the night. Yeah. I like that he leads with that bit. He, d he forces you, he draws a line in the sand and says, are you the fuck on board with this or not? It's really good. I, I thought it was very funny because I'm probably not a very good person. Sure, sure. I've said that for years. <laughs> uh, guys, uh, let's welcome out our next guest. Oh, boy. What a great young lady. Um, she is uh, currently writing for, I mean, I would say maybe, I, I can't speak for you, this is a dream job. I don't know if it's your dream job, but it's pretty fucking cool. This young lady is writing uh, for uh, Triumph the Insult Comic Dog. Perhaps you've heard of that dog. Pretty cool job. Maybe uh, the best job. Yes, yes indeed. Uh, please welcome out to the stage the very funny Miss Allison Leiby. Allison Leiby, folks. It is a dream job. It's just like a little weird because like, I don't know if 10-year-old Allison Libby was like, 
I hope one day I get to write things a dog would say. <laughs> like, but I feel like maybe that is what I wanted to do at 10 years old. I was like, I want to tell a dog what to do. <laughs> it's, it's exciting. This is great. This is a better show experience than I had um, last night. I actually did a show here, and I was on my way to the show, and I was on the subway, and just like very uncomfortable, as we always are, because like, it's just a living nightmare. Like everything's covered in like feces and cum, and you're just like, this is, this is how I get places. I love New York. <laughs> it was like so hot. Nothing has air conditioning. I was like, on this super hot car, and I like was riding, I was on my way to the show, I was like already stressed out, and I like reached up and grabbed that bar, and for a second, I felt like randomly very free and cool and comfortable and relaxed. I was like, why do I feel so good right now? And it was because my bra had snapped in half. <laughs> and my boobs just went like, ah! <laughs> like one was going uptown, the other downtown. <laughs> this one goes to South Ferry, get on the first five cars. And I was like, oh, no. And it, so, like, on the way to the show, I had to buy a bra. <laughs> so I, like, went to a store, and I was like, I know my size. Like, whatever. I just, like, picked it up and, like, went to go pay for it. And I knew I needed to put it on immediately, which I think everybody else also knew. <laughs> <laughs> but when I was – I bought clothes off the rack that I wanted to wear. Like, I bought a sweatshirt because I was cold and was like, I'm going to wear this out. But, like, I've never done it with a bra. And when I was paying for it, I told the woman working the cash register, I go, can I get this to go? <laughs> Just like bra for the road. <laughs> she was like, oh my God, you're so excited to be supported. <laughs> I was like, you have no idea. I've just been waiting my whole life. Um, this is good. Um, how are we doing with the news? I obviously have a lot of uh, political jokes for you. Um, I, how I was very excited last week when Bernie finally formally supported Hillary, endorsed her. That was great. But watching that speech was just like watching, like looking at any engagement photo I've ever seen on Facebook. You know, the guy's like, I have to do this. I don't want to, but I have to. <laughs> like, engagement. Like, what couple do you know is like, yeah, our whole relationship can be summed up by holding hands in front of a brick wall. <laughs> we do it all the time. <laughs> I hope they all fall off that boat they went on for the first time ever, just to take the photo. They're like, we love canoeing. Anyway, just like, drown. I'm single. Surprise. <laughs> you guys were like, what? <laughs> How? <laughs> no, I am. Um, I, I'm not looking for Mr. Right. Um, I am just looking for Mr. Doesn't wear bracelets. <laughs> That's it. Maybe like Mr. Never worn a vest to a club. <laughs> right? It's harder than you think. God, that bar is so low, you can like barely slide an associate's degree under it right now. Do you understand? Yeah, my best friend is getting married, which is very exciting for her. Um, she wants me to plan her bachelorette party, which is a bold choice. Uh, but the reasoning is 
that all of the other girls in the wedding are married or living with their boyfriends or engaged or whatever, and I'm the only single girl that's there. So she was like, we want to have a fun single girls' night out. So, like, we want to do what you do. So you should plan it. Like, what do you do? <laughs> I was like, all right, fine. Um, first thing on this itinerary, I guess, just, like, take the bladder right out of the box of wine. Um, <laughs> little speed round. Um, Second, I guess, just like set your phone to caps lock because like we have some exes we want to text. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I guess the whole night wraps up with just falling asleep with your vibrator still on. Is that? <laughs> Hope that's what you wanted. No. I love my vibrator. Um, <laughs> I do. I've had, I've been a long time vibrator user, like since college. I, my, I remember buying my first vibrator because I went with my friend in college, my college roommate. We lived in this big house with a bunch of girls, but we lived there over the summer. And we were like, let's do it. Let's go buy them. We, d we deserve this. You know, let's get a treat. <laughs> let's get a treat. It's a, it's a treat. Um, but we went to a sex shop, and it was the first time I'd ever been to one where I was like there for business, not pleasure. <laughs> You know, like, I'd been to, like, one in Mexico, like, on spring break, and we're like, look how crazy this shit is. And then you go as a customer, and you're like, this is a different world. <laughs> um, but I, bought, but I, I, I wanted to get, like, a very non-threatening first-round vibrator. Uh, and so my friend and I each picked out matching ones, because I think that that's the non-terrifying thing to do with your 21-year-old girlfriend. Like, just, like, be like, yeah, let's get matching vibrators, and then never talk about it again. <laughs> It's very weird, so I opted for the obvious choice, which is a neon green, sparkly, vibrating dildo. <laughs> you know, Shrek stick. <laughs> it makes me feel pretty. I'm like a princess. Uh, but I bought it, and like I obviously had masturbated before, of course. But I don't know, like, if men understand, but, like, women certainly do. Like, if you go from, like, just masturbating with your hand to, like, using a vibrator, it's kind of like that first meal at the end of a five-day juice fast. <laughs> where you're like, this is what I've been missing? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> it is a treat. <laughs> so I, you know really loved that thing and was very into it. And uh, I remember, you know, early on in, like, having it, I used it all the time. I was such a fan. But I, like, came, I, like, I was home one day. My friends and I had, like, gotten super drunk the night before, and I, like, woke up, went to class, came back. There was nobody at my house. School had started again. I'm in my apartment. You know, there's, like, yeah, I lived with, like, nine other girls. It was, like, a legal brothel. I don't know. Just, like, figure it out. <laughs> but I was in my, I, like, came home, like, so hungover, and took a nap, and, like, my apartment was empty, and I, like, I had woken up from my nap and was like, I should masturbate. <laughs> Obviously. Uh, and I did. And, like, I, that first couple months using it, like, I came in a way where I was, like, screaming complete sentences. You know, not just like, oh, God, but like, oh, my God, I'm so glad I bought this. What a good purchase. <laughs> just, like, full thoughts. So I did that, and I was like, great afternoon, Allison. You're nailing Tuesday. And I came out of my room to, like, go get a glass of water, only to find out that my roommate was screening a silent film with her whole Asian studies seminar in our living room. So the whole time that was happening, 
There was just 12 weird Asian kids sitting in my living room listening. That's the end of that story. <laughs> so crazy. What's wrong with me? Nothing. No, everything. Um, everything. But like, that's like, I wish that they taught that girls should buy vibrators in sex ed. I feel like that's a really important thing. I wish more girls knew it. Cause like sex ed just like engenders these weird attitudes where we like hate each other's bodies and hate our own bodies. Like I feel like boys show up on the first day of sex ed and it's just like, <sighs> I don't know, that's your dick. <laughs> Try not to shut it in a door. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Like, you probably figured out coming already. That is super easy. Um, you're going to grow hair on your body. Women are super into it. Anyway, wouldn't worry about it. Hope you like making money. Being a man is the best. Was it that? Did I nail it, gentlemen? I don't know. I went through girl sex ed. Real different. Different attitude. I feel like I showed up on the first day, and it was like, hey, you know how you like having friends and how, like, everyone's nice to each other and things make sense and everything's pretty good. Yeah, that ends today! <laughs> oh, did you want to understand why you feel like garbage all the time? Here's a complicated biology textbook. Learn some science. Anyway, orgasms only come for batteries. If you grow hair on your body, rip it out! You're a monster! <laughs> all right, you guys have been so fun. I've been Alice Libby. Thank you so much. Allison Libby! A lot of truth in that set. Whew. I'm still processing it. <clears throat> yeah. There's a lot of fresh information for me. <laughs> guys, let's welcome out our next right, guest. Uh, this guy is a real God. goddamn champion. And he's from San Francisco, which is awesome. Uh, the Bay Area, as it's also known. Uh, please welcome our next guest, Nato Green. Give it up, folks. I have children. And I realize that you don't have children and you don't like children. Uh, I know that you don't have children because I can see you. Uh, maybe there are a couple people here who do have children and you're here because you're avoiding them because you're a bad parent you don't like children. Look, I'm gonna tell you a secret. No one likes children. <laughs> children are very much like Christianity or free jazz. <laughs> much better in theory. <laughs> I like my kids, it's other parents. Like, uh, People have kids and then they stop having interesting conversations and I have to be on like a parenting circuit now where I have to mingle with other parents. And it's so boring. Like, I'm at things and par other parents are like, does your kid like apples? My kid likes apples. <laughs> and I'm like, there better be a fucking follow-up question. <laughs> what does this mean to you? But look, I'm not one of those people who's going to tell you that you have to have kids. Like some people who have kids are like, you got to have kids or your life is not complete or whatever. I don't feel that way. I feel like, I just feel like we should acknowledge that between parents and non-parents, there's some miscommunication. You know what I mean? Like if you don't have kids, you should know that to parents, you sound insane 
when you say that you feel busy? <laughs> Let me explain what I mean. I have friends who don't have children who are like, man, I feel super busy this weekend. Uh, I, like, I had to get up on Saturday, and then I had to go to yoga class, and then I had to go to brunch, and then I had to do laundry, then I went to a party and this other thing, and I just binge watched Jessica Jones, and I just feel like I didn't get any me time. And I'm like, you're fucking busy with your hobbies <laughs> and plans that you made. Like, like, I like being a dad, but I no longer have sole control over how much time I spend shitting. Do you understand? Like, <laughs> like, I'm on the toilet like a South American drug mule with people at the door being like, Daddy, show me what you're doing. I need to know. So, uh, and I have, I have eight-year-old twin daughters. I don't want your pity. It's the fucking best. Uh, and it's great, because there's like, it's super heavy, there's, they're deep. Like, look, when you, and when, you have, when you have daughters, by the way, people are always like, we need to teach little girls that they can do anything, and they can be anything. And fuck that. I won't do that, because I'm not a liar. What I say to my daughters is, you should be able to do anything but you can't because shitty dudes are going to try to stop you and you need to destroy those people. <laughs> Some people practice attachment parenting. I'd practice a style of parenting from the untouchables. You know what I mean? Like, they send your guy to the hospital, you send their guy to the morgue. Reward your friends, punish your enemies. A Lannister pays her debts. Make them rue the day they crossed you. Make them bleed, make them weep. Slay! Now put on your princess dress and practice Krav Maga like Daddy taught you. <laughs> There's heavy conversations all the time with eight-year-olds. Are you okay, buddy? Uh, <laughs> recently we're in the car, from the backseat of the car, out of the blue, one of them goes, Daddy, God's not real. She says, I know God's not real because people say that God lives in the clouds, but I was in an airplane above the clouds and I did not see him there. That's how I know God's not real. I said, your logic is undeniable. Without hesitation, her twin sister goes, why do you think it's a he? Yeah, Bob. I won left-wing San Francisco dad of the year. My daughters demolished organized religion and patriarchy in under 30 seconds at eight. What have you done? So, it, it, like, one time one of them goes, Daddy, why is it that kids like to run everywhere but grown-ups walk slow? And I was like, uh, well, honey, you're going to find out that as you get older, growing up is all about resigning yourself to unending disappointment. and you need to pace yourself. <laughs> Someone just learned a hard lesson about growing up. 
That's what happens when you book older people on the show. <laughs> My daughters have a, a very diverse group of friends. They have black friends. And they came home one day and told me they wanted to paint their faces brown to show their black friend how much they like her. And I was like, no. You can't do that. And they were like, well, why? And I said, because people think you're making fun of her. And they're like, nah, we'll tell them. <laughs> and it turns out that it's impossible to explain to an eight-year-old that positive blackface is not a thing. So, uh, as long as I'm giving you the old person's perspective, uh, let me offer you this insight about marriage. Um, my wife and I have been married for so long that when we got together, our song was No Diggity. <laughs> no doubt. Uh, and there's a question that you have to ask yourself before you get married. People ask it a lot. They say, are you going to feel okay having sex with one person for the rest of your life? And the answer, answer to that question is no. For all of us, the answer is no. I feel bad about not having sex with more people. I feel bad about it every day. <laughs> I would love to have sex with more people. I would love to have sex with Juliana Margulies because my fantasies are age appropriate now. The media tells me I'm supposed to want to have sex with Miley Cyrus, but I look at her and think, I would like to take her home and raise her properly. <laughs> I would like to give her a jacket and a sandwich. <laughs> have a talk about Andrea Dworkin. Um, that's for that one person. Um, so... Uh, but this was the thought process that let me decide to get married. I said, do I want to have sex with more people? Yes, I do. Do I feel bad about not having sex with more people? Yes, I do. And then I said, how many more people would I have to have sex with to stop feeling bad about not having sex with more people? What is the number? And there is no number, everybody. It's an unsolvable equation. <laughs> you cannot solve for X. You approach X and approach the number to infinity. It's an asymptote. Because if there were a number, like let's say the number's three. In a marriage, that's a negotiation. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, you want those throw pillows? I don't have sex with three more people. <laughs> let's haggle. That's the kind of shit married people talk about. But once I realized that there was no number, that thought moved to a different part of my brain. It came out of the part of my brain that is like, these are the things I want to accomplish in life, and moved over here next to like, I wish I was Wolverine. <laughs> so that went, went over there. So I was talking about that, and somebody was like, well, what about polyamory? You can think about polyamory. So I thought about polyamory. Are you okay with that? Can we, can we discuss it? I thought about polyamory, and I realized, like, I'm a straight dude from San Francisco. I'm as straight as you can be as a straight dude from San Francisco, which is not that straight. <laughs> and I would totally fuck a dude to get a third parent in the house. Like... 
the amount of sex that you have as a parent of small children, I could suck that much dick to be like, you're on lunches, I'm going out tonight. You clean this shit up, I got stuff to do. Some comedians like to close, I prefer to just stop talking. Thank you, good night everybody. Nato Green! Man, oh, that dude so has some good. fucking perspective. I love yeah. it. Nah, my mind's all blown. A bunch of stuff happened tonight, and I'm not sure if I was in an emotional space. To accept it? No. I yeah. don't think I am. Yeah, I don't think I am either. Whew. Guys, let's welcome out our final guest is that, tonight. Is that it? When you don't, there's nothing else you want to talk about? Absolutely not. Really? No. You got it all off your chest. No, no, no. I, I, my chest is free of everything but a cartoon. Uh, guys, let's welcome out our next guest. Uh, we, uh, we have a special guest tonight. He just dropped by, dropped by the show. He's a great friend of the show. And we're Good gonna, friend. We're going to welcome him out here to do a little bit of stand-up uh, because he's a, I would say he's a magic man. I would agree. Uh, please welcome out our friend, uh, Rami Youssef. Mr. Rami Youssef, folks. Yes, yes. What's up? I, uh... I was so happy they put me out. I just I heard there was a girl here who saw Ghostbusters alone. Where are you at? What's up? I'll take you. That's literally why I came out, just to find out why why'd you go alone? Were you supposed to go with somebody or what happened? Really? I can't see her. I'm trying to figure out if she sounds hot. Is there like a way to know if, oh, thank you. Where are you at? Oh, hey, what's up? Yeah, I'll see that movie. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. Oh, man. It's amazing. That'd be cool to have someone to go to the movies with. I do, I, the last couple weeks, I really have wanted a girlfriend. Uh, just with like all these like mass shootings. You know? There's just like certain times you want somebody. You know, you want to be with someone like a rainy day, you know. Mass shooting. You know, you just hold her, the CNN news tickers going on in the background. You look into her eyes, Wolf Blitzer's eyes, and it's just like you get froyo. I just think it would be nice. And I get, it's because the news really freaks me out. Like, I'm Muslim, like, like from the news. And when I watch the way they talk about it, even I'm convinced. Like, they're saying this Muslim dude did that. And I'm like, whoa. Like, am I going to do some shit? <laughs> they're that good at it. But they pick their stories. They choose what they want to talk about. It's like the whole thing. Like, like you guys know... Um, you know anything about Dennis Hastert? Anybody here? Dennis Hastert, one person. Dennis Hastert was the longest serving Republican Speaker of the House, and last month they reported that he molested five children. Yeah, nobody knows about it. But uh, Jared from Subway, you know, we've been talking about that for like two years. <laughs> We're like, well, did he feed them the sandwiches? Like, we wanted to, and it's just, it's so crazy. Like, and it's just proof that the media is run by Quiznos. 
like this whole thing, like this whole election, everything. Like it's just, they've been running the whole thing. They covered up 9-11 and then they, they destroyed our economy all for those sandwiches. And it's like, that's why I, I don't trust anything that I see. It's all so convincing though. Like I went to the RNC these last couple days. Yeah. And I think I went there and I was like, I think I, I know why people join ISIS. <laughs> like when you're surrounded by enough people who believe something, it becomes intoxicating. I was there on the way, I was like, Donald Trump, that's ridiculous. He hates my people, he hates immigrants, he wants to build a wall. I was there for two days. And then I was like, whoa, what if the wall had solar panels? <laughs> What if keeping immigrants out made America more powerful, literally? <laughs> like they got in my head, they made me believe it. I don't, and I don't know, I don't know what to do with that information. Like, Donald Trump is real. Like for a while I thought he was fake, just cause of the way he looks. Like I was like, that's not a, a actual thing. It, you know what I mean? Like I just thought it was like a like a, just a collection of laundry, but he's real. He's real. I saw him in the flesh, and he talks, and people like him, and it's scary. And and I don't. And when I see him, and when I see what's happening, when I see what's happening in the world, like I don't know. ISIS has just they've made me feel. And I don't know if you guys have felt this way, um, but I really miss Saddam Hussein. Does anyone else feel like that? <laughs> Ghostbusters girl, you ever like, you ever up at night and just like, Saddam, no, like why did we? Because ISIS destroyed the world, right? They're taking children, they're turning them into soldiers. But think about Saddam, right? Yeah, the good old days, right? It's kind of nice, a little organized, like we knew who was like, like, you, like, okay, if you had to pick, who would you pick? ISIS or Saddam Hussein? Who would you? Saddam, right? You miss him, yeah, you miss him too. It's natural, it's natural. We've all felt that way. Like we all have a Saddam Hussein in our lives, you know? Like that girl you're with and she's like, oh, she doesn't test me back, you break up with her. Then a couple years later, you're with somebody new and she's a real nightmare. And then it hits you in your heart and you're like, fuck. I miss Saddam Hussein. I want her back. You know what I'm talking about, dude, right? I see you, man. You have a Saddam. Call her. <laughs> Tell her I'm sorry. I took 9-11 out on you, you know? You didn't have weapons of mass destruction. I did. It's not you. It's me. You guys have felt like this. Like, you ever watch Donald Trump on TV? He's just, like, waving around his hands, and then it hits you in your heart, and you're like, fuck. I miss George Bush. <laughs> That's the dude. Um, hey, let's see, let's see a movie. All right, thanks, guys. Thank you so much. Rami Youssef! Did you, Rami, did you really go to the RNC? I did, yeah. What did you do? I did stand up in the Republican lobby. Are you serious? What? Yeah. What, what did it? you say? What did you say? How'd it go over? How'd it go over, good? I got a picture with John Kerry. 
wasn't at the show, but I got one with him afterwards. It was it was really fun, man. They actually took it really well. I don't know why they brought me or why they like they didn't bring me. It was like an anti RNC thing, but then like people came to prove that like Republicans aren't weird, but they're so <laughs> yeah. But nobody heard anything about it. Like nobody yeah, yeah, like yeah. They, it was only for themselves. Yeah, it was just for them. It was weird. Uh, I, someone tried to buy me. It was it was weird. Like purchase your body. Yeah, just my body. It was a lot of just his body. They can't ever buy his mind, guys. I thought he meant maybe like his vote, but no, you mean like your whole thing. Yeah, and they could buy my mind too. I'm oh, like, wow. My bad. Rami, keep on fighting the good fight. What a guy. Love that man. Guys, we are going to close out our show like we do every week with a quick improv set, and all we need is one single word of a suggestion of anything at all. Tadpole. Excellent. What do we got? What do we got? The tadpoles. They're baby frogs, but they look like little fish right now, but then they turn into frogs later. <laughs> they grow legs. <laughs> so I'm not Eight sure. Eyes. Oh, no. <laughs> so how many years into the doctoral program were you? I'm in second year. Second year? Second year. Second year. Two years into the doctoral program. Yeah, I have a master's degree in biology. Right. <laughs> what have you found so far? What are your results? Tadpoles! I just told you, they grow legs. They eat flies. Man, these CUNY schools. <laughs> hey, uh, uh, Rob, um... Yeah, that's me. We're sort of, uh, NYU's, uh, the, the commercial that you wrote for our school is, right. it's sort of intense. Beautiful. Well, it's 14 minutes long for one. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's very, very disparaging towards, uh, the city university. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. I know I'm uh, way Also, the script, that you, yeah, the script that you wrote, this would cost... Two and a half million dollars. Exactly. There's a scene. There's a scene in a pond. Two hundred extra. There's four minutes to take place. Like there's twenty cast members. The Roman Empire. We're gonna need at least three second units. So you do that math. Three second units, or a second, third, and fourth. I'm not sure how it works. As you can tell by the script. Well, a, I just, I just, I would rather make a commercial that really, like, um, it, uh, that sort of expounds on uh, what NYU brings to the mm. table, as opposed to, like, why CUNY is full of man children. <laughs> I'm not sure why that. I'm not sure that's why I was brought on board. Like, that doesn't make a ton of sense yeah, to me. Yeah. Listen. I mean, I'm, I, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to defend my. Uh, predecessor's decision to hire you. Oh, is that what it is? He's in prison. Because, right. <laughs> I remember. I loved that guy. He I know. was like, money, money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just that here at NYU, we really like to, we really like to uh, uh, stand on our own merit, you know? Right. Yeah, no, I mean, I get that, I guess. I mean, I, okay, what are, you, what, what are you looking for? What do you want me to do? Listen, I, I'm, I'm willing to cut down the cast by like 20%. Okay, and we so that would be like what sixty people in the in the cast well, of this cast, and then the extras. Is just sure, sure, sure. Okay, um, you know what? I'm gonna say this needs to be thirty seconds long, and it needs to exist purely in the present on NYU campus. You think you can make that? 
Think I can no. squeeze that? This is what no, I want to do. You're telling, okay, there's a straight <laughs> no from you. I want to do an hour and a half. Okay. <laughs> I want to do it. I'm, I'm gonna, we're going to film in Yellowstone. <laughs> I want to hit. In Wyoming. Huh? Film yep. one fucking Yellowstone. <laughs> I don't know, I'm just trying to clarify. Yeah, so am I. <laughs> you're, being, you're being very rude right now, Ralph. Listen, listen, I have a vision, all right? And I feel like you don't respect my vision. Okay. That's a, that's a fair assessment, actually. Is that right? <laughs> I think that's a fair assessment. So, listen, this is what we'll do. Like I said, we'll compromise. Okay. Um, just get at me, like, get at me when I hit that, like, $4 million mark. Like, once I hit that $4 million mark, mm -hmm. just like pop me a quick text and you be like, yo, you're hitting that $4 cool. million mark, and I'm not sure I'm going to be able to fund your past leg. Like, that's, that's the halfway point, right? That's what we're talking about? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay, let's call it that. Yeah, let's call it because that. Because I remember when I did that Sprite commercial in 94. With Anthony Hardaway? Yeah. With Anthony Hardaway, as he's known. I call him Anthony because I... I um, <laughs> I don't know. Did you grow up with Anthony? No, I don't. Well, it's just I don't know. I don't know how nicknames work in the sports celebrity world. Well, they work like they do everywhere, and then you can refer to somebody by their nickname. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it was Penny Hardaway in '94, and I remember they gave me a budget, and they were like, "Here it is," and it was like six. It was like a six-pack of Sprite was the budget, and I was like, "Interesting. We're gonna need more than this," and they didn't fucking elaborate. Sure. All of a sudden, we got the number one ad campaign in the world. Yeah. Me and Anthony and Sprite. <laughs> Great. Penny is <laughs> Penny, sure. It's a nickname. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna so I'm gonna throw this forty seven page script. I'm gonna You're gonna throw it into the copy machine <laughs> because we're gonna need a lot of copies of it. Right. Because of all the cast members. Yeah. Everybody's gonna need to review yeah. it. Yeah. Uh <laughs> hey! Yeah. It's great to see you. It's great to see you. Oh my God! I uh, I have. Uh, it's been a long time. Uh, we. I, I don't know if you oh, remember me. I'm 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 Penny Hardaway. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. Penny Hardaway. Right, 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 right. right. Yeah. Oh. Sorry, I know I look different because I'm uh, shorter now. Right. Uh, <laughs> you still look good. Yeah, it's like when you retire as a basketball player, you know, you just kind of let yourself go, and it just kind of shrank down to mid 5'10 and a half, 5'11. I mean, people are always coming up to me, and they're like, Shaquille, what happened? Right. <laughs> and I'm always like, when you retire, you shrink down. Yeah, people don't expect that. No, they never what, what, expect it. We're going to stay tall for our entire careers? No, it's always like, I'm always like, I'm at the club, and I'm like, hey, give me a boost into my SUV. And they're always like, Shaq? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> tall SUV. It's a nightmare. It is. It's a tall SUV, but it's also, you know, I'm tiny now. <laughs> Two small basketball players. Past the peak of their careers. On the low end of the bell curve. Yeah. 48 years old. Young. Well, I'm not that old. Well, actually, I am. I'm in my 50s. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing the math. How old right. are you right now? Well, Shaquille that's the deal? thing. Is I, I feel like I have kind of a Benjamin Button thing going on. <laughs> I, 
need to get it sorted out with the physics and the math. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But regardless, I'm dating 20-year-old girls. Yeah, whatever. I mean, as Penny Hardaway and Shaquille O'Neal, I think we can both agree, we are experts on 90s NBA teams and players. <laughs> For example, oh, what, team, what team were you on in 1996? I was on the Orlando Magic. Ah, that's Woo, As true. were you. I know. <laughs> and we did very well. For how many seasons? Several. Several? <laughs> just, just the one. I feel like it was a formative time for us. Yes. I'm kind of bummed that you don't recall. Well, there was a lot going on. I was very tall. It was very difficult for me to see what was happening in the rest of the world because I was at that time over seven feet tall? Uh, Penny? No. <laughs> Who can say? <laughs> uh, I guess me. Yeah, probably, uh, probably both of us should be able to say that, right. being the people we are. Right. Anyway, we had a hell of a run. We were supposed to win the whole thing. Yes. <laughs> the whole thing. <laughs> Which would be... The NBA championship <laughs> that we were both in at the same time. One hundred percent correct. Yes. <laughs> Excellent. Penny's doing a great job. Do you remember the uh, Spike Lee, your your famous Spike Lee campaign for Nike? Probably. In which you had, uh, uh, Spike Lee was the director, but there was a puppet. Voiced by... I really thought that was Sprite. I really thought that was Sprite. <laughs> famous comedian. Chris Rock getting even smaller. <laughs> getting even smaller. That's how it happens. Guys, this has been Gentrified. Thank you so much for coming out. Give it up for our excellent guest tonight, Guys, Rami Youssef, Nato Green... Alan Strazinski and Allison Leiby. Guys, we do this show every Friday night. Come back and see us. And if you like the show and if you liked our guests, download our podcast. We yeah, release one every week gang. with all of our guests. It's excellent, excellent stuff. Give it a listen. And we will see you guys next week. We'll Have be at the bar. This has been a UCB Comedy production. Check out our other shows on the UCB Comedy Podcast Network.